Church family, whether you are connecting with us on TV, online, or in person, I am so glad that you chose to join us for worship today. The last couple of weeks, we've been diving into what it means to be fit for life in respect to the spirit portion of mind, body, and spirit. The last couple of weeks, we've been diving into what it means to be fit for life in respect to the spirit portion of mind, body, and spirit. Pastor Jeremiah shared with us that the spirit is life, but that doesn't mean that our lives will be easy. He pointed out that the struggle is real. Now I know that I can't speak for everyone, but that hit home for me. Maybe life is just hitting you from all sides, or maybe there's that one little thing that is driving you crazy. But all of us have had those seasons where the struggle is real. And Pastor Luke invited us to walk in the Spirit instead of gratifying the flesh. He highlighted that walking in the Spirit is a journey. There are ups and there are downs. Sometimes we do a great job of walking in the Spirit, and sometimes it feels like all we're doing is moving backwards. The good news is that if you are a believer and follower of Christ, you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke pointed out that this means we don't fight for victory over the struggles in our lives. We fight from victory because the Holy Spirit is stronger than our desires and temptations. So as we step into worshiping God through music, take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to whisper to your soul what God is wanting to share with you.
Hey Heritage, I love this time that we get to carve out and create moments of prayer each week as we lift our requests to God as a community together. This Fit for Life journey has been incredible in my own life. Holy Spirit has actually used it to bring areas of my life to light that I need growth. And over the past several weeks, we've been talking about Holy Spirit, specifically who Holy Spirit is and what He does. And last week we learned that when we walk in relationship with Jesus, Holy Spirit gives us something specific. In fact, Galatians 5.22 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, when you hear that list, I'm sure that there are specific fruits that you identified right away that are present in your life. And then maybe there were some where you were like, you know, well, being loving is sometimes present in my life, but some days it's a real struggle. Now, here's what I know to be true in my own life. Living in step with the Spirit can be a lot tougher than we give it credit for, because we are all better at certain fruits than others. And for example, my biggest struggle is patience, especially at the end of a long day and coming home to my kids who may be fighting, crying, and craving my attention, right? But here's the thing, that doesn't mean I get to say, well, God just didn't make me patient and then just give up. But I believe that as Christ followers, our invitation is to daily trust and rely on Holy Spirit to develop these fruits in our lives, asking him to help us be a better representation of our Father. And that means striving to be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more kind, more faithful and have more self-control. I now want to just create a moment for us today to bring your own individual requests to God, asking Him for His help as it relates to your own life. So I invite you to read this prayer on the screen with me. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, thank you. Thank you for loving me enough to help me become more like you. Lord, you've shown us what it means to live in the Spirit, but I need help. Please help me with, I invite you now to bring your own requests before God. Now, I want us to close by reading this prayer together, or, or maybe it's even letting me read it over you, asking Holy Spirit to develop and equip us to grow in every fruit in our lives. So let's pray together. Loving Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you that I am your child. Father, I pray that my life may become so saturated with Christ Jesus that people don't see me anymore, but see Jesus in me to your praise and glory. Father, however I'm treated by other people, I pray that your love may shine forth in me. Whatever happens in my life, I ask that your peace and joy would abide within me. No matter what difficulties I may encounter in life, teach me to be patient and kind in all my dealings with others and manifest the goodness and grace in me that only comes from you. However hard times may become, I pray that I may be gentle and self-controlled in my actions and attitudes. 
May I be a good and faithful servant. And Lord, I thank you that no matter what happens, even when I step away from you, you remain faithful. Lord, I know that I cannot develop the fruit of your spirit through my own effort or will, but only as I rest in Christ. Help me to abide in you, I pray. Amen. Well, hey friends, I am so excited that each of you are leaning in as we continue this Fit for Life series. Uh, we are <clears throat> just entering into week nine of this series, and uh, based on the way the series has been constructed, we've been kind of moving through buckets of conversation, and for our purposes today, we are leaning into week three of our conversation around things uh, spirit-related. And so I'm excited about this. I hope that you are ready to lean in and uh, to receive whatever it is that the Lord has for you. Now, last week, Pastor Jeremiah, or two weeks ago, Pastor Jeremiah did a great, great job of framing this entire discussion around spirit, around Holy Spirit, and uh, around our place in all of this. It was, it was a beautiful discussion. And then last week, Pastor Luke hit a home run, and he did this great job of, of just lining up the battle between our spirit and our soul. And at the very end of his message, he kind of dropped the hammer. And it was a meaningful statement that he shared with us that I thought was so profound. He said, we do not fight for victory, we fight from victory. And it serves as this much needed reminder that Jesus has already won the most important battles for us. And that as his children, as his followers, we just simply need to step into the victory that's already been won. But that brings us then to this particular discussion, to this particular conversation, where I have the privilege of attempting to walk us through a few practices and a few rhythms that will help us maintain health as it relates to our spirit. Now, right up front, I should highlight something that I think is important. Maybe it's implied and, and we, we understand this, but I think I should just highlight it and say it out loud. But there is a certain synergy that is needed in order for us to be spiritually healthy. There are a variety of ways that God has already worked in our behalf in order to create pathways of new identity and freedom, offering the gift of Holy Spirit to reside within us, to give us that resurrection power, to, to lead us into all truth, to, to begin to produce that Holy Spirit fruit that Pastor Luke touched on last week. So God has a major part in our spiritual health. He does like 99% of the work for us, but we have to understand that God in his great mercy has given us agency and free will, and yes, even responsibility 
and that there's still like that 1% of work that we need to do. It's sort of like, you know, God has opened the faucet of blessing out, but we have to do the work of, of putting ourselves in the best position to receive whatever he has for us. And there are certain pieces of our spiritual health that we ourselves, we have to own and we have to steward well. And so what I really want to focus on today is to to ask the question, what are the central rhythms and practices that will help put us into the very best position to receive all that God has for us? It uh, kind of reminds me of a, a running joke that my wife, Melissa, and I have with each other. Now, I know all of us have different quirks. We have different personality traits that make us interesting and unique. And if you ask my wife, Melissa, she would tell you that I can be a quirky driver, uh, particularly when I'm driving in unfamiliar territory. The, 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 she just knows, uh, because you, she's usually my navigator, to, uh, to tell me directions in a very particular way. She knows my preferences for dealing with, with unfamiliar territory. And she just knows that uh, I want to get in the best position possible to make the right turn at the right time. I don't want to be stressed out by being blocked in somewhere. I don't want to be stressed out by making somebody else wait because I don't know where I'm going. She just knows that I like the directions in a certain way and in a certain time frame. And, and she, she knows that I, I call this getting in a winning position and driving. In fact, Melissa knows this phrase so much that she will actively mock me for using this phrase in our car. Sometimes she'll look at me when I'm making a turn or getting into a lane before she would uh, eventually get into that lane. And she'll ask, what, what in the world are you doing? And I'll respond, honey, don't worry. I'm just getting into a winning position. And then she'll just roll her eyes. We'll go on with our day. But it's incredibly important to me for my driving sanity to remove as much complication as possible, to remove as much stress as possible, to achieve that inner hakuna matata while I'm driving. And so I wanna get into that winning position. And I wonder, friends, if that's actually what we're talking about today in terms of spiritual health. How, how do we actually get into that winning position to receive the health and the vitality that God has for us? What are the habits and practices that will help us do that. And so today, I really wanna just pass along three statements of encouragement to you. And with each statement of encouragement, I wanna attach a spiritual practice or a spiritual rhythm that I think would help you lean into that in a fuller way. So here, right up front, my first statement of encouragement to you. I think that it's crucial that you rest in your God-given identity. Let me say that again. I think you need to rest in your God-given identity. Let us not forget that when God created humanity, women and men, he created us in his image, created us with his divine stamp upon us. Pastor Jeremiah talked two weeks ago about how we are sons and daughters of the living God and that through Christ, we have been adopted and redeemed and made whole. So when we talk about our identity, I think that the spiritual practice of Sabbath is incredibly important. Just so that we're all tracking kind of on what this word Sabbath actually means. Sabbath is the practice of taking a period of time, traditionally a day, and resting from work, resting from striving, and to position yourself to enjoy the presence of the Lord, to, to also enjoy things in your life that will bring restoration 
and life to your soul. Now, truthfully, God, over the course of really the last maybe year, has been teaching me more and more things around Sabbath and my identity and how Sabbath kind of helps uh, you know, create a context for which I can remember my identity in a, in a clearer way. And so I want to just hang here for a bit today and, and just walk through two scriptural snapshots around these themes that hopefully can be useful in your own journey. The first snapshot is found right at the front edge of all of the scriptures. It's found in Genesis chapter two. And here's what we read. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. So what we have here is the story of God establishing that initial Sabbath rhythm. And I have to tell you that for years and years of reading the scriptures, I always approached the Sabbath from the mindset that it was something that God would give to me as a reward for hard work, right? That it was out of work that I was able to rest. It was out of striving that I was rewarded with relaxation or calm or peace or, or a beachfront, you know, visit of some sort, right? That, that's how I always approached the Sabbath. And it wasn't until recently that I began to see this a little bit differently. And through the help of Rich Velotis, who's an author and a pastor in New York, he made an observation about Sabbath that I had never considered or seen before. And I just want to pass it along to you. Notice that God worked six days and then rested on the seventh, right? Can, can we all just stop and agree that God didn't need a break on that seventh day. He didn't need to rest, right? I mean, he's all powerful. He's, he's you know, he's, he's an almighty, amazing, holy, powerful God. His power never wanes. It, it wasn't like he got to the end of the sixth day and he's like, oh, huffing and puffing. I am so exhausted. That, that is not what happened. That's not what's going on here. So, so we should understand that if the establishment of Sabbath wasn't for God, then we need to understand that it was established firmly for us and modeled by God so that we would know how incredibly important this is. But here's the striking thing that Rich Velotis points out. Our first full day of existence as humans was the seventh day. We didn't work six days and then God gave us the Sabbath. No, no, no. God set it up so that our first full day of existence as humans was in a state of Sabbath, resting in his presence and enjoying the, the things around us and, and resting in our identity in him. See, friends, understand this. Sabbath is, is not reward for hard work, but rather Sabbath is our starting place. It's our foundation, and it's out of that state of rest. It's out of that state of intimacy with God. It's out of that state of knowing that we are loved and stamped in the image of God that we can then invest into both our paid and unpaid work as we seek to make the world a better place and as we seek to take the gospel with us wherever we go. Now, I know it might be a small nuance, but, but it has tremendous implications. Sabbath rest is not something that we earn. It's not something that we strive for. Rather, Sabbath rest is a gift from a merciful God who gives us a foundation to stand on 
from which we can love and serve and work and invest. I mean, this is, this is beautiful stuff. So let's put a pin in the Genesis snapshot, and I want to move us to the second snapshot, which is in the New Testament. And we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Listen to this. It's a great story. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, and just imagine this, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now, I love this story. I wish I could have been there, right? I wish I could have seen Jesus's face as he came out of the water and as he received this affirmation. I wish that I could have just seen what it looked like for the heavens to split open and, and to hear what the voice might have sounded like in that moment. I imagine that it was amazing. And as amazing as this moment is, I think it's even more striking when you consider the timing of this event in relationship to the timeline of Jesus's life and what exactly Jesus had accomplished so far in public ministry. We should note that God declares the statement of affirmation about Jesus before Jesus has done much of anything on earth that he's remembered for. That God declares the statement of love for Jesus. He, he declares the statement of how much joy Jesus gives him before Jesus has done anything that history would remember him for. All three gospel accounts of Jesus's baptism happen before any public ministry that, that, that takes place in his life. So, so think about it this way. This pronunciation of approval, it happens before he's tempted and, and wins victory over temptation in the desert. It happens before he's recruited any disciples. It's, it's happened before any of his, you know, any of the recorded miracles that we have for him. It happens before any of the recorded teachings and parables that Jesus taught, before any of his servant leadership moments, like washing his disciples' feet or, or, or serving them the Last Supper. It happens before any of his Holy Week events, the Passion Week events, his crucifixion, his resurrection. I mean, honestly, think about it. From a human perspective, and for sure from an American perspective, it would seem to make more sense if God the Father would hold on to this declaration of approval until that moment in which Jesus has actually done something significant, right? I mean, it goes back to that whole work before reward concept. Wait for that big moment to happen and then spring all of this, this affirmation and approval out in him. Like, wait for him to raise Lazarus from the dead. That is a spiritual touchdown moment. That's the moment when the heavens should have opened up and, and the voice rumbles from the sky. Did you see what he just did? This is my son. He brings me great joy. But friends, that's not what happens. What actually happens and the timing of what actually happens is stunning. And it has huge implications for us, not just for Jesus. That God declares his love and joy for Jesus before of any of Jesus's earthly accomplishments. Friends, I want you to know that the same is true of you. 
that before you did anything, God loved you to the core of your being. Before you did anything related to what you get paid for or what you did get paid for if you retired or before, if you're not in work yet, before any schoolwork that you've done or any grade you've received, before you did any training, before any title was placed on you, before you did anything that you've accomplished in your life, I want you to know, friends, God loved you completely and fully. He took joy in you and nothing you did or did not do, nothing you have done or will do can change the abundance of love that God has for you. Now, I don't know how this lands on you, but man, this is incredibly encouraging to me. This is truth that I needed to hear. My, my identity should, should be wrapped up in who he is and in who he says I am, not on what I've done or what I've not done, My being in and with God should be my foundation and then it can flow into doing. After all, we are human beings, not human doings. Now on the flip side, when we start to, when we start from a place of doing and then move to a place of being or try to move to a place of being, it's actually a soul killing black hole that leads to nowhere. So please friends, let this truth settle deeply into your spirit before you became anything before you did anything, before any title was placed on you, please understand that you were deeply loved by God. You are beloved. So put both of these snapshots together and what you have is this beautiful mosaic that we were designed to start from a place of Sabbath because from the very beginning, before any human had done anything, God loved us to the core of our being and wanted to provide a life-giving rhythm to remind us of our belovedness. So if we wanna maintain healthy spirits, I think this is the starting place to know who you are and whose you are, to stop the striving, stop allowing yourself to be defined on your doing or not doing and rest with confidence that you are beloved and cherished by almighty God. So with Sabbath as a starting place, I would wanna offer a second encouragement statement to you And that's two words, it's very simple, maybe harder to do. Two words, pursue intimacy. Pursue intimacy. And the tangible rhythms that I would attach to this would be reading scripture and prayer. Uh, We're not gonna spend a a whole chunk of time on either of these practices. I'm gonna say a few words about each. I don't want that to be indicative of how I feel about these things. They're really, really important. But but I wanna start briefly by talking about the scriptures. I've heard a lot of things about the scriptures said over the years. I think one of the most helpful things for me to understand is that the whole of the scriptures tell the whole story of God, the redemption, you know, God's story of redemption of all of humanity. And so to that end, we need to read the scriptures. We need to wrestle with the scriptures. We need to internalize the scriptures because the scriptures contain the story of God. And the story of God is the story that we are meant to be shaped by. And a a big part of of the shaping is to realize that God wants to be in relationship with you. That's just part of of the dynamic of what, what he wants to happen. And so part of maintaining a healthy spirit is to be acclimated to what the scriptures have to say about how to live in the fullness of abundant life that God has for us. And so I wanna encourage you, take time to read the scriptures. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to reach out for help if you get stuck anywhere. Keep wrestling with the scriptures and allow yourself to be formed by the story of God. 
I would say a quick word about prayer now. I was listening to a podcast recently and I heard a statement made by Sky Jatani. He's an author and a pastor who lives in Chicago land area. And he said that we would do well to learn that prayer is more about communion with God than it is about communication to God. And I think that's so important. It's helpful advice. It actually broadens our perspective on what exactly prayer is and, and how often we actually might lean into it without even knowing. It helps me understand that prayer can happen in a variety of ways. I, I might be washing the dishes, but if I'm thinking on spiritual things, that, that it's a form of prayer because God is using the washing of my dishes to help me commune with him. I, I've heard several others of you talk about how maybe running or exercise or walking or, or some other activity provides healthy communion between you and God. There's a variety of ways to lean into this. And when we understand that prayer is more than just working through a list of requests, it actually opens the door to many different avenues of intimacy via prayer, breath prayers, dark night of the soul prayers, ancient prayers, praying the scriptures, on and on it can go. But I truly believe that a regular prayer rhythm is essential as we seek to pursue, pursue intimacy with Jesus and as we seek to maintain the health of our own spirit. Listen, this isn't an exhaustive list by any means. There are dozens of ways that God has provided for us to connect deeply into his heart. <clears throat> I don't do this very often, but I think it would be important to just pause here and recommend a resource. Uh, I think that Sacred Rhythms, it's a book written by Ruth Haley Barton, is just incredible. It is so, so helpful in this discussion about spiritual rhythms that will help you find health in your spirit. She does an excellent job of just writing fresh takes on ancient practices. It's very thoughtful, it's very practical, and I think it's an excellent resource for digging deeper. If that's something that, that you want to explore, that is a great resource for you. So we've talked about resting in our identity in Jesus. We've talked about the, new, the, the need to sort of pursue intimacy in our lives, but, but I, I want, to just hand over one last action statement to you. Again, short and sweet, not easy. Surrender daily, <clears throat> surrender daily. There's a challenging little statement spoken by Jesus as recorded in Luke chapter nine. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take your own cross daily and follow me. Now, Pastor Luke, talked us through Galatians chapter five last week, right? That there, there is a war uh, going on for control of our spirit. There's a war between the way of the world versus the way of the kingdom. And we've heard the good news that the war's already been won. So now we have to be intentional about just choosing to surrender ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus. And I've learned the hard way that this is not something that we can think that can be done once a week on Sunday morning, just going to church. This is a decision that we must intentionally make each and every day of our lives to lay our own preferences and desires before the Lord, to hand them over to him and to take on the desires and preferences that he has for us. And I think one helpful practice that can be attached to this is the prayer of examine, right? This is an ancient practice that's designed to help us ask the daily questions about how we are sensing God's leading in our lives. And one of the questions in the examine is to review all of the words, thoughts, and actions from the past day and to ask the Lord, do my words and thoughts and actions, 
Do they lead me closer to you or they lead me further away from you? And I think this is helpful in leading us to surrender daily in those places where we sense that we are moving away from the Lord. We can hand those things over to him and then be armed with greater awareness for what it looks like to be surrendered in that particular area of our lives. I think it's important that we have some sort of regular review, regular accountability rhythm built into our lives to help us move into surrender. And one one other thing I would note here, right here at the very end, one really helpful tool that has been absent from my list today is our spiritual community. God has given us spiritual community and it's a gift if we lean into it in the right ways. Uh, I have not forgotten this. This is by design because next week, We're gonna be continuing our Fit for Life series and we're starting another three-week bucket of conversation all around the importance of leaning in to our spiritual community into leaning into relational relationships and and how to love and and how to be formed in community. And so I I wanna just encourage you to come back as we continue to to talk about that really important topic. Now, I, I started this whole thing off by talking about getting into a winning position. And even though my wife might make fun of me for using that phrase, I pray that we understand how important it is to own and steward our spiritual lives and that we would do the things necessary to put ourselves in the very best position to receive everything God has for us. So friends, rest in your God-given identity that you would pursue intimacy, that you would surrender daily. And I pray that we would begin to maintain health and vitality in our spiritual lives, understanding that it all works together, body, mind, spirit, and relationships. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for crafting us together, for stamping your image on us for loving us fully and completely long before we did or accomplished anything. Help us remember our our innate belovedness. Help us to stand upon the authority of our identity in you. Help us to continue to pursue intimacy through word and prayer. Help us to surrender to your leading each and every day. We are thankful for the gifts of Sabbath, word, prayer, as they connect us deep to your heart. Thank you for giving us those things. We love you, and we're so grateful for your love for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
so abres camino, cumples promesas, luz en tinieblas, mi Dios, así eres tú. Milagroso, abres camino, cumples promesas, luz en tinieblas, mi Dios, así eres tú. Way 
it is such a joy to know that we are free in Christ. That when we praise the name of Jesus, that which was dead within us comes to life. Because that is what Jesus, through the power of Holy Spirit, does within us. He changes death to life. Now this journey has been so helpful in allowing us to better understand and live into the truth that our body, our mind, and spirit are interconnected and that God wants to connect with each of us in all of those areas. And next week, we're gonna be starting a new group of conversations around community. And if this past season has taught us anything, it's that we're not made to do life alone. Even the most introverted of us got to a point that we needed others. So what is a biblical definition of community? What are the challenges that seek to disrupt our connection and community with others? And how do we live more fully into community with God and others? Those are the questions that we'll be journeying through over these next three weeks. So stay tuned and connected over the summer at one of our physical locations at Rock Island or Bettendorf, our virtual connections on TV, live streaming online with pastoral interaction each Sunday at 9 a.m. or on demand anytime at heritageqc.com. You can always find more information about ways to connect with your church family through worship services, through groups, family activities, and even more at heritageqc.com. And while you're there, drop us a note to let us know how we can be praying for you by scrolling to the bottom of any page on our website and click send us a message. We also want to celebrate our Shiloh missions team that went and served at Shiloh Children's Ranch in Missouri that currently includes a total of six homes for children, two relief homes, plus an on-site school for abused, neglected, and other at-risk children. Our team served those children and the staff by teaching life skills to the kids, like sewing or small engine repair, and by working on buildings and infrastructures, and generally just being a great encouragement to the staff that works with each of those kids. Now, through your faithful giving, we were able to send teams like these along with gifts to support each individual ministry. If you would like to learn more about partnering with the ministries of Heritage Church and loving the Quad Cities and beyond, you can go to heritageqc.com give and learn more about online giving, recurring gifts, and more. And again, we are so thankful that we can provide this program because of faithful partners like you. We thank you so much. And until next time, may you go in the peace, joy, and power of Holy Spirit today.